after doing this for over 15 years and getting to network and become colleagues with some of the best fitness brands and most successful companies in our industry, I can tell you this, the ones that are winning have two things clearly lined up. They have established a strong brand with their avatar customer base, and they have a client acquisition strategy that is reliable and repeatable month over month over month. If you need work on either one of those, you need help with your brand. People don't know who you are. Hell, you don't know who you are. And you need a client acquisition strategy. You don't have a specific way organically without paying to get new clients in. You have no guerrilla marketing. And when it comes to paid ads, you don't know what a pixel is, where to install it, how to create a sales funnel or any type of landing page and copy and creative that would convert a lurker, someone watching your social media to an actual paying customer. Go to my Instagram and send me a DM. Let's get on a call. Let's jam on DM. I don't even want any money from you. I don't want anything yet. I just want you to shoot me a DM. Tell me what's going on with your business so I can see if I'm the right person to help. But if you need brand work and a client acquisition strategy specific to who you want in your business, get to my Instagram right now at WTF Gym Talk and let's discuss. What the fuck is up, guys? It is Stu, and it is another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. We are in the I may be wrong, but I doubt it segment. If you're familiar with this, this is where I bring on micro gym owners or other people in the industry where we kind of have a difference of opinion, and we just kind of you know debate back and forth uh, and have playful banter as far as that goes so you guys can see kind of two different angles of a topic. And uh, I, today, I'm real excited. I've got Devin Gage, owner of Gage Strength Training in Westchester, PA. And uh, Devin, you just obviously recently kind of, you know, were uh, referred or stumbled into my content and I, and I threw something up. I was talking about retention versus client acquisition and I was making my very strong line in the sand of this is the problem, not this. And we're going to get into all that. But I, I said, hey, has anyone's got a difference of opinion on this? I haven't done one of these. I may be wrong, but I doubt it segments in a minute. And you were you were cool enough to fucking raise your hand and shoot me a DM. And I'm, I'm just really honored and, and thankful that you uh, were willing to come on here. Yeah, man. I appreciate you having me on and uh, get to work. Yeah, dude. Awesome. So real quick, give everyone the 90 second spiel as to who you are, you know, your history in the fitness industry and kind of, you know, where, where your experience and your position today in this conversation is going to come from. Yeah. So I own a, uh, I own a gym in Westchester, PA. We specialize in adult fitness, primarily in small group, personal training and adult fitness. Um, the gym's been open for, we're just turned nine years old in Congrats. October. Um, cool. we've got a team of 10 trainers here, um, just under 400 clients in our small group program. So, you know, we've kind of, you know, grown to be this nice little, uh, little establishment in the area. And, uh, yeah, I've been overall in the fitness industry. Um, and I got certified as a personal trainer when I was 15 years ago. So I did that opened the gym and kind of grown from just doing personal training to, uh, to what we do now. So again, you know, background adult fitness, we do athlete performance, but primarily adult fitness with our clientele. I, I was on uh, I was on your website. I'm just a, I'm a, I'm a nerd for branding and marketing. And I loved the clear messaging you had in the beginning. You are the adult fitness provider for, I think it said 40 people's 40 and over with safe, healthy, effective. That's like one of the leading lines on your website, correct? Yep. 
I, I yeah, love that. Yeah, we help, we help people over 40 lose weight with pain-free workouts. Perfect. And and you guys hear how he has that nailed, that fucking one-liner? That's what everybody listening to this needs to aspire to do is to be able to, in that elevator pitch, say in one fucking sentence, this is what I do, this is who we help. And, uh, and while you still, obviously, those youth performance athletes are probably not over 50, you still probably serve other niches. You, you're known for this kind of, this right. main, this main service, this core offering. I love it, dude. Um, and yeah. you're a ginger. Is that a, are you a real ginger? Is that just the beer? It's, a, it's just the beer. So it's I'm just half. the beer? Yeah. All right, well, you're a half ginger. It's all right. That's all right. I still like you. Are you a Steelers fan? Here's where it gets interesting. No. So I actually, I grew up in Massachusetts. So I'm a, I'm a Pats fan. Pats anything. fan? Okay. Very good. Cool. Yeah. Fair. All right. Um, all right. Yeah, so we're, here, on the, we're actually, if I was a if I was a Philly sport, it's we're on the Philadelphia side of the state. So Fair Eagles enough. is the, is the big thing here. All right. Respect, respect. Okay. So here we go. The statement I, and I make this a ton. Um, I believe the Achilles heel for a micro gym is client acquisition, not retention. And where I believe the effort if you had to look at all your resources, whether it's time, energy, money, whatever, should be spent more on the client acquisition side, in my opinion, because it doesn't come as naturally to people, then it should be the, the retention side, which I feel comes more naturally to anyone who is a, a fitness professional. And let's get into this. And, and you obviously have a different stance on this. Kind of, you know, walk me through kind of when you first saw that post, where your head was at. So, you know, you made one comment in one of your statements where, um, you know, one of the reasons for your uh, thinking around that is that, you know, there's all these gurus and marketing experts that are charging tens of thousands of dollars for client acquisition, because that should be the main focus. Um, and retention coaching is easy. Um, and I would challenge you on that to say that there's all these gurus and client acquisition specialists, because that is the easy part. And there's not a lot of retention coaches and, and uh, consultants out there because it's, it's so hard to nail down the science of retention where you can develop systems for client acquisition. You can hire people to do client acquisition. You can read books and learn client acquisition. But retention is a lot more of these intangibles. It has to do with your culture. It has to do with uh, your customer experience, your client experience. Um, there's so many kind of facets of retention that it's, that it's so hard to nail down. Um, and, and I would also challenge you on uh, a really good client acquisition can end up leading to a retention problem. You know, if you get it's in, too many, flux, you get too many people. Yeah. You almost get that group on effect where you get, you know, tons of people in the door. And if you're not really niched down to your exact target market, it starts to become a retention problem. You're not providing the, the best experience. So I love it. That's, you know, that's kind of, you know, my, you can buy client acquisition, you can study it, you can learn it. There are proven systems for it. I haven't found a proven system and, and thing that retention is on a singular level. And I think that's super interesting. So let's come to that. So if someone's going to purchase a client acquisition system, the end goal, right? The result is acquiring a client. And there's even companies you could pay per acquisition. Like you don't give them any money and you don't give pay a retainer. You, you pay per result. What is, in your opinion, what is the goal of retention? Like, what is your goal? Like if you're looking and you could just speak to your own micro gym, but if you're thinking like, 
Well, for me, okay, yeah, Stu, if I was going to put money in client acquisition and spend money on a guru or Facebook ads or whatever, I would want to acquire clients. How do you view retention? What is the goal of that? Because I think that's kind of a, a smart place for us to start to be able to have this debate. So do you mean in a, as a metric or yeah. as a Anything you could give it, give it a number, give it a lifetime client value, a length of, I don't care what you call it or whatever, but like really what is the goal of retention? Is it like, what would you say is that goal to keep someone as long as possible to make as much money as possible while they're here? What is the goal of retention? So I would say on a monthly or annual level, it's to keep 3% of your overall clientele. I mean, that's the, that's the gold standard metric. So only, you mean um, lose, only lose 3%. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 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 So yeah. he's made so everyone listening. That was an attrition. Yeah. So attrition Correct. of 3%. For everyone listening, attrition yeah. is the number attributed to the amount of people that leave or a retention of 97%, which is the uh, metric tied to people who stay, just for everyone listening to kind of clear that up. Correct. Okay, cool. Go on. Yeah. And, I, you know, another side of that, and I know you also mentioned this in your post, is everybody leaves at some point, right? Everybody leaves at some point. And I, but I also think if retention is your focus, retention is a side effect of an amazing customer experience. And an amazing customer experience is going to lead to client acquisition. You know, a client acquisition is almost a side effect of really phenomenal retention because um, people will end up referring. So I would say if you could only focus on one singular thing, a focus on retention is going to lead to client acquisition as a side effect. And, and where I come in on that, and the reason why I wanted to get that operational definition is you're right. I, I do believe that everybody cancels on a long enough timeline. And if you look at that and you go, even with the best client experience I can provide, and let's say I have a pool of, let's say, I'm going to use 100 as an easy number, but let, 100 members. And every month, let's say we stick with your numbers. I'm going to lose 3%. Well, that means in month one, I lose 3 and then I lose 3% of 97, and then I lose 3% of 94, and then I lose 3% of whatever. Eventually, you can only hang on there for 20 some months or whatever that number comes out to be, and you're out, even with the best client acquisition. And here's how I think of, we talked uh, attrition and retention. There are five reasons for attrition. I have to move, geographically relocate. Number two, finances, money are not right. I can't do this right now. Number three, schedule. Kind of a cop-out bitch-ass excuse, but we still hear it every single day. Number four, interest. I changed my mind. I don't want to do your thing anymore. I want to rock climb. I want to do this. I want to do something else. I'm changing my mind, you know, kind of thing. And then number five, injury. There's really no other reason in any service-based, you know, body work type profession and brick and mortar for someone to cancel other than those five. Now, on the retention side, there's actually really only four real good ways to create retention. And, and again, this is, anyone could argue these, but I, you know, I think we'd pretty much probably agree. Convenience is number one. Everyone knows what's the number one thing people Google search. They don't Google search gauge, you know, strength training. They search gyms near me. They search personal trainer. They search, you know, safe exercise. So there's convenience. What is near my life and lifestyle? Because I'll ask you this. Devin, if you, you provide a good service, you've got four to clients there, you've been doing this for about a decade, but if Sally, who's been a client of yours for eight out of your nine years, her husband job relocates her 30 minutes to the other side of PA, is she still coming to your gym? No. No, not a, realistically 0.001% will. So your client experience is cannot touch retention metrics like convenience. Right. So like that's your number one. Number two is community, which 
every gym boasts about. Number three is coaching. You've got to have really good professionals. People feel that it's worth the money they pay. And number four be programming. And programming being safe and effective exercise, but also there's an entertainment factor to it. People can't get bored with it, all that kind of stuff. So if we look at these two worlds of attrition and retention, I guess the way in which I see the micro gym world, we can't do anything about those attrition metrics. Like if people move, what are you going to do about that? If money's tight, you might downsell them to something else. But if money's tight, that's the thing. It's, I look at retention as it's an inevitable thing. And if you believe that, that everyone cancels a long enough timeline, your only solution is not to be better at retention because what are you going to do? Make it 2% attrition? That's not sustainable. Show me a fucking gym that has 98% retention month over month, year over year. I'll show you someone who's full of shit. It, what are you going to make it 99%? Like your only play now is, well, I just going to need to be good at bringing more people in to fill the holes in the bucket that cannot be plugged. If you're at 80% retention, lots of holes you could plug. Sure. Right. If you're at 86% retention, there's plenty of holes to plug. But if you're at, like you're saying, 97% retention, you've hit, you've peaked at your retention. You're not going to ever do any better than 97%. So what is the only other play? Because if you just stay there, you're going to go out of business after X amount of months. So I would, you know, I think we're kind of uh, speaking in a, um, you know, in a vacuum, right? It's, it, it's not one or the other. And there's so many nuances to business, you know, as you know, and as you preach in your, in your, uh, in your work, you know, my view is client acquisition is a natural side effect of a, a business that has great retention, Somebody that's staying longer has a lot more opportunity to generate referrals and, and really developing systems and understanding how to maximize, you know, referrals and a great experience that people want to share, um, that are proud to share is going to lead to client acquisition without even a focused effort on that. So, you know, my thing is I would rather tell somebody or, or even for myself Provide the absolute and give abs extend the lifetime value of a client or lifetime of a client as much as possible, and that's going to work to fill the fill the bucket. Um, but if you don't have the customer experience stuff completely nailed down, you know you're going to be filling a leaky bucket. And you know the less you care about or focus on the retention of your current clients, the leakier that bucket is going to get. Um, so you know I, I think there's you know if we talk about you can only do one or the other. Um, you know, yeah, client acquisition is absolutely important. But uh, I, I think an absolutely stellar customer experience um, is going to lead to client acquisition. And client acquisition is not going to lead to enhanced retention by itself. Sure. And, you know, when I look at retention, and when you're talking about a stellar client experience, we're talking about everyone from the front desk girl to the coaches to maybe the GM or whoever handles client communications, whatever it may be, from the top down. And those things, in my opinion, to someone who has a profession in the fitness industry, probably come natural. Like if you if we grabbed all, you said you have how many coaches? Uh, ten. Ten. If I grabbed your ten coaches, said here, guys, I want you to tell me where your strong suit lies in. Knowing the members' names, talking to them, remembering their injuries, modifying their workouts, keeping up with how they're doing, caring about them as humans, talking to them like they're humans, creating branding, digital marketing, funnel, sales, and lead nurture. Which angle do they go? Which one do you feel your skill set works best on? 
It's probably the former, right? Taking care yeah. of the client. Yep. So the landscape of marketing a digital thing, the other reason I believe client acquisition needs to be the priority is because it's not the one that, I mean, the minority of fitness professionals walk in with any of that knowledge. They right. all walk in with a prerequisite. I love fitness. I have a passion for helping people. That alone can create a great client experience with the right systems installed and things of that nature, making sure you're checking in on people. Like that's just being a good human. Like, okay, my grandfather is 85. I call him once a week. That's like, if he was a customer and I was the business, that would just be good customer experience. I'd be checking in on my clients, seeing how he's doing all this, that, and the other thing. Being a good person to people who happen to pay you money is an easy feat, but you give me any cohort of micro gym owners and I say the word Facebook pixel or I say lead generation or CRM and they shit their pants. I am of the full belief that that is the skill set that made Alex Hermosi a multi, multi-millionaire and everyone that came behind. Are you familiar with Alex Hermosi gym launch, that company? Yeah. Okay, six-week challenge. Yeah. The reason, and he just did it better than anybody, but the reason those companies popped over a seven-year period is because that was the skill set nobody in the fitness industry had. But the reason I don't think there's a, a retention guru like that is because honestly, if you were to go to a gym owner and say, hey, it's $1,000 and I could teach you client acquisition or $1,000 and I'll teach you retention, they could run their numbers and like, well, I'm at 94%. I, I'm probably okay there. I'm barely getting 10 leads a month though. Let's, let's, let's talk acquisition. Yeah. And you know, that, that makes a lot of sense. And the Alex Ramosi, you know, he was wildly successful. Um, but I would also say a lot of those gyms had a major, massive retention problem. Were you ever a customer you know, of his? No, uh, I never was. I, I mean, I don't know your feelings on him. I could, I could. I, I was never a customer. I, I've yeah, interviewed him I twice have, uh, on the podcast. I've interviewed him on the podcast. I know him. Uh, but beyond that, I, no, I was never a customer. Actually, I got his new book. I got his new book right here. Um, How, is it good? Good. The hundred million dollar offer. Yeah, it was good. Oh, nice. Cool. Um, so I, I will say, I know a lot of businesses that ran that model and a lot of people that stole that model from Ormosi and, and rebranded as their own, the six week transformation challenge, the, you know, bait and switch kind of thing that had a massive retention problem afterwards, um, that left a lot of people cleaning up the pieces of those jaded, uh, gym members. Um, because again, you get a lot of that influx of people that don't have a great experience and they kind of, you know, cause the gym's not set to provide a great experience. Correct. And I think what you said there, Devin, is a key thing. It was not set. It's what I called. It was not stress test. There's a difference right now. Uh, I can't say this. I actually, this doesn't apply to me even currently, but uh, back in college, I used to bong beers. Now I'm an adult. I have a kid. I drink beers and I lied. I was actually bonging beers last weekend. Uh, but listen, the key is, is most gym owners had never bonged a beer before. They had never taken on 30 clients in one month. We're talking the right. average fucking micro gym owner might, might, maybe close 10 deals a month. Might. Okay. Might get 22 leads a month. So you go from zero and then have the, you know, Hermosi just freaking you know, you know, uh, mushroom stamp your gym with his fucking acquisition cock. And just all of a sudden you just bloom, you get 40 fucking leads in two weeks. You did not have the systems in place to hold up that house. Your foundation was not built for that influx. Now, is it 
the, the issue of client acquisition or were you just bonging a beer when you should have just been fucking drinking it? And again, I believe that's a flaw of the model, but as we, you mean, know, it was very clickbaity for people to say, I went from zero to a hundred leads a month and all of us go chasing these vanity metrics. Right. And, you know, that's what made those companies explode. But I, I still don't look at that as a knock to client acquisition, not being the priority. Also, because I, and I'm curious on your, uh, I'm going to ask you this question. I'll set it up like this. What is your avatar customer at uh, Gage Strength? Who is your avatar customer? So our avatars, um, 35 to 55 male men and women in the local area, usually got one or two kids, middle school, high school age, um, you know, weight loss client, inconsistent gym goer, uh, typically involved in the local community. Um, so yeah, that if you want to boil it down 35, 55, weight I loss client. Cool. And what would you say out of the 35 to 55, what would you say the average is the average age? I'd say, uh, 48. Okay. And how old are you? Can you hear me? Uh, did I lose you? Yeah, good. I'm good there. Dad, you got me? Yeah, I got you. Okay. Well, how old are you? 33. Oh, cool. Awesome. All right. You're, you're, yeah, you're a young pup. Good for you, man. Good for you. So you've been doing this almost a decade and you're 33. Can yeah. you see yourself doing this another 10 years? I mean, you look, you, you sound like you could probably rock out another 10 in a couple different facilities. Yeah. So, you know, we're working on, uh, working into a second facility now. Um, and I would say in a, in a different capacity, absolutely. Okay. You know, I'm not so, coach. I'm not doing any coaching. I sit in the sales and marketing seat, nice. um, but sitting in, in purely a visionary role then yeah. Okay. Beautiful. So if you could see yourself being here for another decade, so that would be a 20 year tenure at the least we're talking about, you're going to run this, this, uh, gauge empire. Here's my thing. Churn at 3% or higher, attrition of 3% or higher, preserves client avatar. Meaning, if we truly believe we're going to keep people for a really long time, those humans would eventually age out of our avatar, right? So like you're dealing with 35 to 50. Well, if you get somebody when they're 46 and you're going to keep them for two years, is your demographic design is like if everyone moves with it because they age, your avatar then changes over the course of a decade or two. I've got gym owners that are in young uh, metropolitan areas with a 26 to 35-year-old demo. Well, if they believe that retention is the key thing, and my goal is to lose as little people as possible, do they realize that the, the methods of marketing and branding and messaging and storytelling they use to get 26 to 35s in 20 years is now going to have to shift because now they have two kids and a white picket fence and a golden retriever or fucking, you know, and a, they need daycare. The thing with retention, too, is that you need clientele to wash through the system and churn out because it preserves a client avatar. Otherwise, if you believe you're going to hold on to 97% of everybody, you need to just be on the ballpark. Well, we, yeah, 35 to about 50. And then 20 years later, I had to really switch to about 50 to 70 and get into some geriatric training because I kept 97% of these motherfuckers. Does that make sense? How the avatar yeah. you. That makes sense, but it's also operating on the, under the assumption that keeping clients won't refer and that that won't lead to natural client acquisition. But a 65 year old is not going to refer his 37 year old buddy. A 65-year-old would refer his other 65-year-olds and so on and so forth. That's right. But I, you know, I think that's also assuming that you know, you're going to only refer one person during your lifetime or somebody that's just exactly in your, um, in your own demographic. Ecosystem. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think 
again, if, if we're assuming, you know, you can only, if we live in a vacuum and there's only keep the, only the clients that you have forever or just flood your place with new people, obviously we both know it has to be a blend of great experience, systems around retention. And I think that's where a lot of people should be focusing um, because those very systems are going to lead to client acquisition. Yeah. My, my thing is client acquisition alone, the focus on client acquisition alone will not lead to any improvements in retention. Correct. And it, you're right. Client acquisition alone will never lead to that. And I think just for right now, because we're you and me are obviously skilled enough in this that we we can leave the elementary arguments I get from people like, oh, well, if you just focus on getting people, you'll fill the gym up with too many people. Like, no, we're obviously not talking about that. We're talking about just two departments. A micro gym does five things. It attracts, it converts, it delivers, it connects, and it collects. It does five things. In order to attract somebody into the system, okay, client acquisition, right? And then deliver and connect, which is the retention-based metrics out of those five that I mentioned, those are two separate entities, two separate departments, if you will. Like you mentioned, you're, you're pretty much running marketing and sales and yours and your coaches and your staff, probably there's a strong retention-based system that you've installed there that those guys, because they're doing the day-to-day, -day, they know what Sally did on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. You're, you're not coaching as much anymore. So it makes sense to segregate those. And I recommend every micro gym kind of follows what Devin's done. Um, but when we look at these two things, would we say if you were to walk into a gym and you don't know anything about them, right? And you were to ask the gym owner, what are you, are, what are you great at? They'd say coaching, community, and programming. Everyone thinks they're the best, right? Everyone thinks they have that. But right. what is definitive or not? When I walk into a gym, I say, I don't ask them you know, about that. I say, cool, just talk to me a little bit. How many prospects, meaning people who walk into the facility and try it out on whatever front-end offer you have, how many do you get per month? If the answer is anything less than 30, depending on the gym, right? Let's say between 15 and 30. I know that client acquisition is probably the problem. Like, think about it. You're a brick and mortar, a physical yeah, location sure. business that pays rent every day, to, essentially. And if you're like, well, I get 10 people a month to come in one every three days, you are not going to be around a very, very long time. There's just no way in hell. Cause even if you grow like your gym, 40, 400 people, if we're looking at 400 people and we're talking a 97% retention on those 400 people, that means you're still losing 22 people per month. Where yeah, the fuck sure. are those, where are those 22 people going to come from? We have to acquire clients. And it's just, in my opinion, the skill set that has to be studied the most, not kettlebell certs, not mobilizing your fucking taint. It needs to be branding, storytelling, messaging, the idea of creating promo videos and using photos and copywriting. So I would, I 100% agree that it is the thing that needs to be studied the most and it needs to be learned from every business owner. Um, I, I talk to my coaches all the time. We're not going to invest in the next kettlebell thing. We're not going to, you know, buy the newest equipment. We're going to invest in marketing. So 100% marketing and uh, client acquisition is at the absolute forefront of what we do. So you spend um, more money you know, like tech and products and services that are more like lead nurture based, advertising, marketing based than you do things that are retention based. Do you think tech is uh, needed more in retention or tech? When I say tech, I mean like software. So like a CRM or SaaS products. Do you believe there's more need of that in retention or more need of that in client acquisition? Uh, I absolutely think there's more needed in that in retention. Okay. Talk, yeah. In terms of, in terms of, I mean, CRM systems, I mean, keeping in touch with clients, making sure nobody slips through the tracks, tracking attendance reports, 
staying in communication and text messaging and, um, you know, email systems with that, as well as, I mean, even just having an ascension model for people. If you don't sure. have something for them to be striving for, they're going to fade out and, and leave. So developing systems for them to continue ascending in your business. Um, I mean, I, you know, I never even thought of it like how much we put into or how much time we spend on technology or software by far. I mean, the amount of time we focus and I think most people can improve focus is on that client retention system. Um, now there's a lot to do with client acquisition as well, but once they're in the door, that's only the very beginning of, you know, what we're kind of focusing on for the client. I agree. I believe every workout, every experience, every interaction is an opportunity to lose somebody. Like you are only as good. It's what have you done for me lately? And that's any in-person service business, a lawyer, a massage therapist, you know, uh, a gym, whatever it may be. When you think about your retention systems over the years, right? Now you've refined them, you know, again, technology and CRMs make it easy on both sides. CRM is great because a CRM allows you to communicate at a scale with your current customers and with your prospects and with your leads. So it kind of covered it, you know, that's a tool that both sides of this argument can play on. But when you think of your retention systems, when you figured out, okay, the retention that we do these things, we check in at these levels, we do this, we set that, maybe we upgrade some tech. Maybe we have something that shoots off automatic emails or text or whatever. Maybe we do that manually. Like I'm a big fan of the manual work on that. Maybe we host a monthly client social. Once you've developed that playbook, in my opinion, and feel free to argue this, that playbook gets better and more sophisticated. It doesn't drastically change over a 10 or 20 year period. It, it does improve though. It tightens up. However, I promise you, your marketing strategy has probably evolved. If you got into the fitness business and opened up a gym around 2010 or earlier, it's evolved about every five years. Every five years, you've had to change up. This time, so what are we, in 2021? In uh, 2018, you didn't know what a reel was. It didn't exist. You didn't care, right? In 2008, you didn't know what Instagram was. You didn't care. In 1998, you like again, it evolves at a much faster pace. And it's something where, you know, you and me aren't picking up tech fucking digital ad weekly. You and me are, you know, we're, we're fucking busy. We're fitness guys. We're like, we're, we're, we're seeing what's going on in the fitness scene. So let me ask you this with that mindset or with my position on that, would you say that the client acquisition side changes and requires more attention and learning and effort at a higher speed than retention? Yeah. I mean, I, I would say it requires a lot of agility um, on the client acquisition side and, and pivoting and finding it in other areas. Um, and that's, you know, I, that's why I think a, a lot of this conversation gets a little muddy because a lot of client acquisition lies in retention of our clients. Because the more face-to-face -face time we have with our clients, the more client acquisition opportunities pop up. You talk to a client and you hear that their kid plays, you know, for the local high school team and you want to connect with that coach. That's a form of client acquisition and, and referrals and joint ventures. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it you do spend a lot of time on client acquisition and evolving and, and staying agile with it for sure. Yeah. And like, as of now, we could even maybe look at gauge and I, mine was the same way, uh, retention and client communication and the coaching quality. That was a section of the business I was able to depart from earlier than I was ever able to depart from the marketing and branding and sales side. 
So like, and that was what I know you mentioned, you kind of, that's kind of still your realm there. So I even look at like you and me as anecdotal data that like we were able to install pretty strong. And I mean, and you, I was always around 96 or so percent, 95 ballpark, very transient area, but 97% retention in your area is great. You've obviously installed that system to a T. I mean, if you and me could sit here and both say like, yeah, well, we also have 30, I also have a system installed where I can guarantee 30 prospects come in per month. We're closing at 74% and blah, 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 blah. And you could put a box on the client acquisition side. Then, you know, you transition into just visionary. I'd just be looking at that next location. I'd just be doing that. But that acquisition one, it's rare to find a micro gym who can say, oh yeah, I got that buttoned up, dialed to go. I know every month I'm able to project monthly what we're going to do in new cash, in new business. So I would disagree that um, you can't develop systems for client acquisition because I, again, I, I think it's something that you can hire companies to do for you. It's, you can hire something that's pretty uh, predictable. Um you know, you could run ads that you've got a good idea. You know, we, we work with a Facebook marketing guy right now that it's, it's, it's somewhat predictable. If, if anything, it's more predictable than our retention, because a lot of times retention could be coach has a bad day and pisses off a client. I mean, that falls into management and leadership. There's, there's so many areas of retention that does require a lot of focus on an ongoing basis. You know, there's a tech side that you can systemize. What's, uh, and I mean, if you don't mind plugging him or her, I don't know if they're a formal company and you don't have to, if you don't want, but you, so you currently outsource client acquisition, correct? We do. Yeah. Okay. And and on the Facebook, on the Facebook side. Got it. Is that Instagram as well? uh, We don't really do Instagram. Got it. Okay. Your demographic just doesn't really fuck with it. Facebook's more where that demo is at. Yeah. I mean, we get the crossover where we're doing cross posting, yeah. but Facebook is where we really uh, prioritize our, our marketing box. Yep. hundred percent. So, I mean, that, even that is interesting to me. And the fact that like, when we look at something like for, again, you're, you're sitting here and there's a lot of gym owners who are like, Oh, it's easy for Dev and he's fucking got 400 plus clients and he's killing it. Looking at a second location. If you didn't have the budget for again, and, and for everyone listening, like, and I'm just going to spit off a couple of the guys I've had on this show. You're talking generally, if you're going to spend one to, $3,000 a month in ad spend, you're probably going to have a maintenance fee or retainer for this marketing person of a thousand or more dollars per month, maybe a couple, you know, 2,000, 1,500, whatever, for someone to keep moving the needles and doing all that. And if you have the cash for it and you outsource client acquisition, great. I, I believe you actually doing that. Yes, you have the money for it, but it's you saying, this is something that's important and it's not in my wheelhouse inherently. It's not the thing I know that well. It would be really hard and time-consuming for me to learn this and look at my ads manager every week and see my CPR went up, but my impressions went down and my click-through rate went up, but my follow-through went down. Like That would be a lot of work. So I'm going to pay a company to do this. But for a micro gym that does not have the financial success that, that you have, would we agree that, okay, listen, buddy, you want to get to where Devin's at one day or where Stu's at one day? Well, you, your retention thing, run the numbers. Are you looking, are you above 90%? Okay, if you're above 90%, that is, you can live, you can make a living off 90% or higher, but not if the bucket doesn't get filled. Even if you're 95, again, you will lose 5% every month in attrition. So you got to fill the bucket. You might want to go ahead and watch some John Loomer videos 
uh, you know, who's the free Facebook guy. I always tell people, go check out. If you want a free digital marketing education, go look up John Loomer on Facebook. He makes amazing fucking videos on how to run ads. Like, I've never heard of him. I'm going to write oh, him he, down. Dude, yeah, dude, he's the shit. L-O-O-M-E-R, old dude. Uh, but he's, he knows his shit. He puts out blogs and videos every fucking week. Um, but yeah, listen, I mean, that's even listening to you say that you've got a client acquisition company. It, it's one of those things that's like, well, cause it's important, but it's not inherently in my wheelhouse, which I think is because it is harder to do. You know, so I think the, we may be looking at client acquisition from a slightly different lens. So I think you're looking at it from a formal lead generation using marketing, right? And I, I think a, a lot of my definition of client acquisition is, you know, from referrals, from conversations, from things that happen a little more organically. And that's, you know, for me, my success has lied in having great retention of clients. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if, if you're purely looking at lead acquisition from a tech side and, a, you know, a skill set of copywriting and, and understanding that stuff. Yeah, you know, you've got to be able to fill the bucket in some capacity. Um, but again, like I said before, it, 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 these things are very nuanced and they're so interwoven that, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's fair to say that is the biggest challenge for people because lead client acquisition comes from great experience organically as well. Um, and I think there are a lot of people uh, my buddy Andy McCloy, I'm sure he's going to listen to this as well, would say he has never marketed, yeah. you know, and client acquisition has come from the amazing mentorship and experience that he's provided that had zero to do with a focus on client acquisition. And he's oh. been able to fill a bucket over the years. Now that's a N equals one. That's a singular, you know, person that's, you know, he really stands out in the world as a person, as a human being. Um, but I, my argument would be you can acquire clients without a client acquisition system. I, I, a thousand percent. So my favorite thing is organic marketing and guerrilla marketing. Those are my two things. I, you know, my micro gym before I retired, we'd spend several thousand dollars a month in paid, but every month we were offsite. I'm a huge in the gorilla in organic marketing, a hundred thousand percent, just even the, you know, posting three times a day on each platform with social media, right. like even those plays. Um, two things I want to talk about the referral one you mentioned, which is, again, we look at Andy's business. Uh, Andy McCloy's who we're talking about is a very successful business, a client of mine, a mutual friend of ours. And when I look at his, I remember our first call and I was looking at his numbers and he's been, you know, he's very, very, He's very poised and very tenured. Like he, he's seen the industry. He's been there, done that. Um, right. And I remember having that conversation with him. And the one thing when I'm looking at Andy, and this has nothing to do with any slightly older than you and me. Okay. So it's not, it's nothing to do with that. But when he got into the business or even you and me, I got in, in 2010, you're right around the say, you know, right. You know, you, you were about 2012, 12. 12? Okay. Yep there really wasn't this social media, digital right. marketing thing. So our first, your first six plus years, my first five to six years, Andy's first almost 10 years probably, you know, have never really relied on the digital element, right? It's never really relied on that. Now, if we're talking to anyone today, listening to this podcast, watching my Instagram story, if they're going to be around in 2031, do we really think that giving them, hey, organic only, referral only is going to work? Because 
I believe organic, I believe referrals are very passive. I believe a lot of people think referrals are active. Active meaning the client themselves is activated to go out and say, hey, neighbor, you are fat as fuck. You need to come check out Gage Strength Chaining and start working out here. You got to come with me. You got to come with me. I think referrals are more passive where with marketing, like, you know, I'll tell people like get photos of your actual members and tell good stories about them on social media. That way the neighbor, you know, sees Sally goes, Hey, Sally, what's up? How are the kids? Listen, I've been seeing your pictures on, on Facebook that your gym keeps posting on you. My God, you look amazing. What's the name of that gym you go to gauge something or another. Like that's how I believe real referrals work. It's not the client like talking about gauge, you know, fitness over and over and over again, it's getting together with their girlfriends over margaritas. And then at some point in the conversation, it turns into, ah, my pants are so tight. I mean, I wish I had Sally's problem. And Sally goes, listen, go to gauge, check them out guys. And that's how referrals are made. And, and I believe that, but you have 400 members. Would you, does every member refer one person a year? No, absolutely not. Okay. Because if it did, there'd be 33 people referred to you right. every month without, a, without you having to lift the finger. So what percentage of membership annually do you think actually refers somebody? And you've got a lot, you got a big database here. You got 400 people. Yeah. You know, I think it's, it's so hard to put a number. It's, it's hard to put a The percentage of people that refer somebody, I mean, at least 10%. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I honestly, think that's a great that's number. Never, that's never a number that I've looked at, but, uh, it's an interesting metric though, right? Like if you were to think yeah. of like every conversion, like highlight them in a different color when they're a direct referral from a current customer, it, it's interesting. And I, I think that's, I think your number, even if you would have been like, I'm just going to make up a fucking number. Cause I don't know. I, that's exactly what I would have said at 400 members, 10% is what I would expect annually to generate in free, free leads, free money, right? Essentially. And it's not even money. Cause it's just a referral. It doesn't mean you close them. Right? right. But that's 40 at bats. Now, how else do we supplement that then? Because your business, I know this, without knowing anything about your business, you couldn't survive off that alone. But I think there's a difference between somebody referring somebody and somebody sharing photos on Facebook, you know, commenting stuff on Facebook, the activity of their presence in the gym, you know, using the algorithm to put our message out there more. And, you know, we share photos, we tag clients, we share stories, you know, it's pr might probably not a quote unquote referral, but it's a, Hey, I saw this thing that you posted and yeah. you know, whatever. Which, yeah. The origin of procurement is like the conversation I used to use. Uh, it's not as relative anymore, but back in the day was, I would talk about AirPods. Like when they first came out, they were super douchey. Nobody wanted to wear them. It was like, well, those look like cigarettes in your ears. Yeah. Like when they first hit the yeah. scene, yeah. I'm an early adopter, man. I got to them quick. And uh, so I'm, I get them and I'd, you know, I'd take them out and I'd have them at the bar. I'd set it at the bar next to my cell phone. And my buddies always be like, bro, so you got those? You like them? They fit good? Like, they, can you hear well? And I would, when given the opportunity to talk about it, I mean, I gave a glowing fucking review. If I was making commission off AirPods, I would have made it like, but I didn't walk around and like yank old school headphones out of people's ears. Like, ah, you got to go ahead and get AirPods. Like, right. so when I think of that, like putting the social media out organically, like you're talking about and what I'm talking about helps create conversations 
that lead your customer into a natural referral. Because we've all done this, you and me probably both. Hey guys, if you refer someone, I'll blow you in the corner and give you a free month. Like we've like made some crazy yeah. offer trying to incentivize customers and it never fucking works to the scale at which we think it would. Because they have a full-time job, fuck face. Your $50 or $100 isn't that big of a deal. Like, oh, one month off? You do realize that they have put you in a category of uh, subscriptions that can be withdrawn out of their account on a regular basis and they don't care. You're in the same category as Netflix. Yeah. Even if you're a high price point, they've made the point. Like, yeah, you take this out of my account every month. It'll be fucking there. I don't care if you're $200 a month, 400 or 100. That's, that's where, what, that's what they've said by putting you on subscription. So for you to be like, oh, you get one of them free. Like, dude, I have that in my account every month. I don't care. Like the fact that it's on subscription means it's not a big amount of money, right? right. Look, look at your car payment, right? Like it's the same thing. So I, uh, I'm I'm hundred percent on board with you on the organic side of referral. And I do believe you're right. It, the best indication of a solid client experience is the talk. But, you know, a talk trigger, if you're Jay Bear or organic or raving fans, if you've read that book, I believe 100% that's it. And when you look at businesses like yours and Andy's, you can clearly tell you guys are doing something right. It could be across any board of that attract, convert, deliver, connect, collect. You guys are doing all of that very well. I think, let me ask you this. Uh, you're, you're still young. You're going to open another facility. When you open the next facility... Right. And, you, you know, whatever. Number one thing is, and if you do it right, you don't rob Peter to pay Paul. Right. You don't steal from the current business to open right. a new one. But like you're going to have upfront cost because this is essentially a new business. Right. No location, you're upfit. So the number one thing when you open a facility is what? Client, client acquisition. acquisition. Yeah. So like for everyone at Genesis, that's why, again, I'm trying to get this client acquisition conversation up. Like for those of you guys starting off, client acquisition is the number one thing. You got to pre-sell. You got to get people in the doors, whatever. And then, yes, you have to fucking obviously have retention. That's a given. But God damn it, people. Like, let everyone, again, I think coaching, community, and programming get scapegoated. It's like, well, as long as I'm really good at that, everything will take care of itself. And, and what you're saying is, no, you got to work at this. There's stuff you have to do here to make sure this works. I'm just also on the other side saying, you got to have people to retain. And where do those people come from if your if referrals, like we just said, is going to be 10% or less every year? Yeah, and I 100% agree that client acquisition at, at, any, at a certain point in your business is the absolute most important thing you could ever do. And, um, you know, for a lot of people listening, they probably do need to get better. You know, we're fortunate to have built a great reputation and have really solid messaging. So it's something that we don't have to put a lot of effort in, but... Uh, you know, I'm not naive to know that a lot of businesses don't do client acquisition very well. Um, but I think a massive, massive um, gap in these businesses is the experience that they're providing on a big scale. Um, but yeah, 100%, I agree that especially early on, I mean, opening a second gym, you know, which is, you know, down the line for us, 100%, that's that's all of it because we, we don't have anybody to provide an experience for without those people in the door. Um, but also without those things set in place and those systems for retention, I don't think you can ever develop, generate as many clients to fill a bad experience. I agree. I, I agree a thousand fucking percent. Just like you can't, you can't out train a shitty diet, whatever other cliche you want to right. throw into it. I, I agree a hundred percent, man. Um, 
Devin, dude, this is exactly, I thank you so much. This is exactly what I want these segments to be is just, you know, two owners talking shop. And uh, I really appreciate you. I, I actually throw that, you know, that fishing line out for people to come on the podcast and just kind of go back and forth with me often. And very few people ever take me up on it. So I was so pumped when you, when you volunteered, listen, if anyone's listening to this and, and they like what you're saying, and maybe they're like, fuck, I'm a Pats fan and I have a ginger beard and I'm trying to get to 400 members and deal with 40 old plus, and they want to get in contact with you, maybe just to, to bend your ear for a minute how what's the best way they could get in contact with you um shoot me an email devin d-e-v-i-n at gagestrengthtraining.com um yeah it's the best way to do it dope awesome devin man this has been great i really do appreciate it man thank you so much for coming on today next time i'm in the carolinas i'll bomb a beer with uh, you absolutely dude absolutely <laughs> all righty but real quick, guys, before the end of the podcast, I've got to ask, please, if you take a minute and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're currently listening to podcasts, it would mean the world to me. I think a lot of people glaze over my channel because of the F-bombs or maybe some of the, the more direct approaches I take in delivering this content to you. And if you have any thoughts as to how this content has benefited you, your fitness business, I would love for you to share them with the fucking world. Guys, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. And I'll see you in the next episode.